This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Good morning and welcome, Passion Church family. It's good to see you this morning. All of you that are watching us on social media this morning, we welcome you and call you blessed as well. This is a, a wonderful day that we celebrate Palm Sunday. As Kelly has already mentioned a while ago, she was talking about the uh, about this this time of of the Sunday that's, that's been set aside that we worship. I know uh, in our prayer time, uh, Brother Lance mentioned that's being Palm Sunday, and and Kelly was sharing with it when she was talking about uh, and and also Brother Lance in our prayer time this morning. Was, Palm Sunday is the time when we celebrate what Jesus did. And what he did do was that he came to bring you and I this life, this abundant life. You could turn me down just a little bit, John. I appreciate it. So if you have your Bibles, hold your Bible up with me. We're going to say this together. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. The title of my message today is Who is Jesus to You? And our scripture reading is going to be taken from Luke. Chapter 19, Sonia's going to put that up for us. Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. And we'll read, read it. as I read it, you can just follow along with me. After saying these things, Jesus headed straight up to Jerusalem. When he got near Bethpage and Bethany at the mountain called Olives, he sent off two of the... Yes, he did. Instructions, go to the village across from you. As soon as you enter, you'll find a colt tethered, one that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. And if anyone says, why are you doing this? His master needs him. The two left and found him just as he said. And as they were untying the coat, its owner said, what are you doing? Untying the coat. The master needs him, they said. They brought the coat to Jesus, then throwing their coats on its back, they helped Jesus get on, and as he rode, the people gave him a grand, well, he gave him a grand entrance. Let's just stop there. <laughs> Aren't we glad for technology? And that was not Sonia's fault. She's doing the best with what she has to work with. But we see here that that was the scripture talks about Jesus making a grand entrance, and when we when we when we study these passages of scripture that we're going to be looking at this morning, we're going to find that many of the people in that day had different thought patterns as to Jesus and why he was coming, and if there was if this even was the true Messiah that would come. And so oftentimes in our lives, as we study the Bible, we see within ourselves, when we read it, we say, well, that was for that day, but we live in this 
time. We live in this era. And if we're not careful, we're not, we're, we'll take the Word of God and we'll try to place it in an order that will allow us to do the things we want to do or to say the things we want to say or to think the way that we want to think. Look with me over in John. This will be my sermon text. John chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. Jesus said, well, thank you. Jesus said, breakfast is ready. Not one of the disciples dared ask, who are you? They knew it was the master. Jesus then took the bread and gave it to them and blessed it. And I believe we're in John 21, but we're supposed to be in John chapter 12. But that's okay. Let me just explain to you what, what, what was taking place. It's talking about Jesus coming in and riding in on a coat. And, and the, the people in that day knew the scriptures talking about Jesus the Messiah. Their, their king would come, and when their king come, he was going to set up his kingdom. And they were, they were looking at it as a natural kingdom. Now, if we're not careful, when we look and we read these scriptures, we, again, look at it from the standpoint, well, Jesus was, was coming, but what does that benefit for me if he's going to set up a kingdom on earth? Jesus wasn't one that was going to set up the kingdom of earth. What he was doing was coming in to set up a spiritual kingdom that you and I could set up his kingdom on earth with him living on the inside of us. Amen. Now, if, you, if, if Sonny would, if this is working out okay in our, in our media program this morning, in John chapter 6, verse, verse 15, let's read that. John chapter 6, verse 15. The people realized that God was at work among them in what Jesus had just done. They said, this is the prophet for sure. <laughs> they were about to grab him and make him king, so he slipped off and went back up the mountain to be by himself. Now we see in this passage of Scripture... That the people were looking at him as being their king. They were going to grab him and make him king. And the reason for that was that they knew, according to scriptures, that they're going to have, that the king was going, their Messiah was going to come. And they knew it as scriptures was that it was the prophet was going to come. They knew the prophecies that, that God was going to send forth a man that was, that was set aside to set up a, what they thought, a kingdom here on this earth. And it would do what? It would deliver them from the rule of Rome or the rulership of Caesar. But the, but the magnificent part about this is that all along Jesus knew, I'm not coming to set up a natural kingdom. I'm going to do something even greater. And when we can grasp a hold of the greatness of what Jesus did... By coming into Jerusalem, riding on a coat, yes, he was following the scriptures. He was fulfilling the scriptures. But when we realized the magnitude of what he was doing by giving of his life, he was the sacrifice. It says that when he came into town, he was coming to, to present himself the lamb, the spotless lamb, one without any blemishes. And the Bible says that he was the perfect man. 
perfect in the sight of God. He did no sin. So as he was coming into town, his mindset, his thought pattern is, I know the purpose of my coming. I'm doing what the scripture says. I'm coming in on a coat or a little donkey. And the people saw that as saying, yes, that is exactly what we know the scripture says. So this has to be our king. But when we look at it from the standpoint, and and we read chapter 12, verses 12 through 19, we look here and we see in this passage of scripture, there's three distinctive perspectives of the person of Jesus. Number one is, who does the crowd think Jesus is? Who does they who do they think he is? Well, first of all, we see that they they we we saw in chapter twelve, or I think in chapter six, they were wanting to make him a king. Why? Because they had seen all the neat, wonderful things he had done. Why he'd healed the sick, he'd raised the dead, he'd opened blinded eyes. These were things they knew that their Messiah. Was supposed to be the wonderful man to come along that had all of these abilities. And they're thinking, man, this has got to be the guy. This has got to be the guy. Well, their mindset was on the wrong thing. Yes, he did. He became famous. Wouldn't you say that they could say, well, he's very famous. They talk about him. Everybody's talking about this guy that's walking around doing all these miracles. Some would say he's popular or he's, boy, he's doing a lot on Facebook. Amen. Getting a lot of attention on TikTok or whatever they call that. He's performed miracles. Could we say that he is perhaps maybe a celebrity? So we could say that because he's a celebrity, maybe he's the ticket. He's a celebrity, but he's the ticket to bring us the freedom that we're looking for. He's the ticket we're, that we're, that it's going to get us out of all this bondage under the Roman Empire. Under the dictatorships of, of Caesar. But if we're not careful, we can find ourselves in the same category of these people. Oh yes, they, they laid the palm branches out before him. And they put their coats out and spread out. Thanks to welcome him with a grand splendor into Jerusalem. But their thought pattern was this is the king who's going to save us from the Roman Empire. But if we're not careful, we'll see him as just a ticket just to get to heaven. When Jesus died for much more than that. His death, he suffered tremendously. Went to the whipping, what do they call it? The whipping, whipping post. And they beat him. And they nailed nails into his hands and his feet. They weren't seeing it from that standpoint. They're just seeing as this is our ticket out of bondage. But we see it sometimes as a ticket. Well, I've got my ticket. I got saved because he went to the cross and he died for my sins. Now I got a ticket to heaven. But I've got my ticket to heaven, but I can still live just like I want to while I'm on earth. Come on, we we, we know that these are the thought patterns of, of life today among so many Christians. It's just based upon I've got my ticket to heaven. 
And Jesus said, listen, I've come that you might have life and have life more abundant. There's so much more than just getting you a ticket to go to heaven one day. Now, I'm not taking away from the fact that Jesus made that available. But his, his death was so that you and I could bring heaven to earth. That the kingdom come, his will be done on earth. And I like to say that in, in our earth, in this earthen vessel, his kingdom could be done. That we could manifest the glory of God. We could manifest his death on the cross. The forgiveness of sins. So we say, who does the crowd think he is? Well, we say, well, they can say that he was a celebrity. And that he was their ticket out of bondage. Number two, who do the Pharisees say he is? <laughs> Look with me. Over in Matthew chapter 12, if we can pull it up this morning. So appreciative to Sonia trying to work through this system. Verses 14 and 15. He replied, is there a person here finding one of your lambs fallen into a ravine? Wouldn't even though it was a Sabbath put it out? Surely kindness to people is as legal Kindness to animals. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. He held it out and it was healed. The Pharisees walked out furious, sputtering about how they were going to. <laughs> Let me explain this story. The Pharisees had an issue with Jesus. Their issue was he was getting more respect, drawing bigger crowds than they were. You see, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they liked all the pomp and glory. They liked to walk around in their prestigious gowns and be noticed in the city. They wanted to sit in the nicer seats or the, the, the seats of prestige when they would go to dinner or into the temple. They were always with this mentality, look at me. And they love that. Jesus comes along and they realize this guy's getting all the attention. So we could say that the Pharisees were in competition with Jesus. If we're not careful, especially in ministry. Fixing to hit home here for some of people that are in ministry. We light the limelight. We want the bright lights. We want the big churches. We want, uh, let me move it off of perhaps pastors and move it into the, into the realm of the worship leaders. We want to be able to be recognized as our ability to lead worship and bring people into worship. Look at how great I am. Look at how well I can perform. In reality, we're in competition with Jesus. We're trying to bring the people, or we want the people to see us. We want to bring them into worship, but we can say, but they would have never done that if it hadn't have been for me, my abilities. So sometimes we may feel God is, or Jesus is, our competition. 
We don't want him to get too much glory. We want the people to, to be blessed with the message, but we want the message to be greater than the moving and the power of God on the people's lives. I'm only speaking on behalf of myself this morning because as a pastor and also as a musician and a worship leader, I have found myself in that place that I would want the people to recognize me more than the, the Father, more than Jesus. You see, what happens is, is when we get into it in that, in that dimension, it's all about the, I want the money and I want the prestige. I want what this will bring me. The Pharisees were saying, man, look, and you're taking money out of the, out of, uh, uh, away from us. These people are supporting you. They're not supporting us anymore. So the Pharisees saw Jesus as competition. Number three, what does the scripture say about who Jesus is? Look in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. If it will come up on the screen today. <laughs> Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Shout and cheer, daughter of Zion. Raise your voice, daughter of Jerusalem. Your king. Everybody say king. king. Your king is coming. A good king who makes all things right. A humble king riding a donkey. A mere coat of a donkey. I've had it with war. No more chariots in Ephraim. You know, the scriptures, and there's many, 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 if you read out throughout, especially in the four Gospels, it talks about who Jesus is, even all through the New Testament. And the New Testament describes who the, the Messiah that was to come was going to be. And there's so many scriptures that talk about who Jesus is. But there's only one way that you can grasp to its fullness of what the scriptures say Jesus is, is for you to be able to have an experience firsthand with who Jesus is. We see that the people could see him as a, a ticket or their celebrity, a ticket to being out of bondage. Pharisees thought him as being competition. But for you and I, if we're not careful, we will see him as what the scripture says, just for what the scripture says, and not for who we can truly say within our heart who Jesus is. Scripture says that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, but when you have a born again, a true born again salvation experience with Jesus Christ, then it's not just what they say. It's not just what the Bible says. Paul referred to this. He says, it's my gospel. Why could he say, it's my gospel? Because he had a relationship with who made the gospel, the gospel. He had an experience with Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful this morning that we celebrate Palm Sunday. Because we celebrate not just the people seeing him as a, a ticket to freedom. We see him as a ticket to freedom. Not from the bondage 
of dictatorship. We see him as freedom from fear. We see him as the ticket to love, to peace, to joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's who we know this Jesus to be. You see, when he died on that cross and he said it was finished, he didn't just say those words to be saying something. He was saying that everything that I've done, everything that was foretold about me, that I would truly bring mankind an opportunity to bring him into the very presence of God. He said with his arms stretched wide, this is in essence he was saying, Father, I did everything you said to do. I have made it possible for mankind to know me in my fullness. That they truly can say, this is my gospel. This is my Jesus. This is not just somebody that I read about that happened long ago. This has come down to the reality of today. He is my Savior. He is my Lord. He is my King. And He is my Deliverer. In Him I live and I move and I have my very being. I'm so thankful today that He did give His best that I could stand here today and tell you about a man who has become my best friend. He's become my deliverer. And he's become my prince of peace. And I glorify him today for that. If you're here today and you do not know this king of kings, this lord of lords, who brings about such compassion who has offered so much grace to mankind by giving his life on the cross. If you don't know him today, you need to know him. If you're looking for some love that you can't find, and maybe you've searched for love, as the song says, in all the wrong places. Perhaps you search for peace. Maybe you've looked for it in, in drugs and alcohol. I've been there. I've done the alcohol scene. All I found out what to do was to bring displeasure to not just myself, but to those that were a part of my life. I don't know what you search for, but whatever it is, you're not going to find it with what the world has to offer. It's not there. You say, well, I want riches and wealth. Well, let me just share something in closing this morning. Kelly and I have been blessed. I remember one time we were on tour to Florida throughout the panhandle down and all down through, all through Florida. We were on tour there and we were doing concerts. And we were blessed to have a dear friend of ours to open her home, and I think it was almost a million-dollar home, something like that. It was in the, it was in a particular area in in Orlando that had million million-dollar home, million million-dollar homes 
there were famous ball players and baseball players. And Kelly and I got to go through some of the homes that had just been completed. And oh my goodness, they were beautiful. And the home that we were blessed to, to be able to stay in for a three-month tour, it was 750000 or $1 million. It was a super, super indoor heated pool. And I mean, it was a beautiful place to stay. So I'm, I'm going to share this because I want you to, I'm trying to paint a picture. Kelly and I and our children, we were blessed to be able to, to stay in such luxury. And we've been blessed to drive such wonderful vehicles very expensive vehicles. And we've sang in some of the biggest places that you could sing at across the country. And sang to thousands of people. But you know what? It didn't do for me what Jesus did when he came into my heart. It didn't provide the peace. It didn't provide the joy. Well, I'm not saying that those weren't nice. Yes, we enjoyed it. And God made it available for us to enjoy. And we've had good things. We've had a lot of great things. We've been blessed in so many material things that God has blessed us with over the years. And blessed us with five wonderful children and almost 18 grandchildren. Happy as the man with his quiver full. I'm overjoyed. But none of that compares to what brings you the joy and the peace <laughs> and the contentment of knowing that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. You see, when he died on that cross, his death was that he could come and set up a kingdom inside of me. That he could sit on the throne of my heart. And I want so much to have a place in my heart that he can come in. I, I want a nice recliner in my heart that he can come in and sit down and feel comfortable. I want a place in my heart where I can offer him a dinner. You say, of the natural? No. I want to feed him with my praise. I want to feed him and honor him with my praise. I want to bow before him in, within my heart. Are you hope you're following that this morning? Because that's what he died for. To come and live and set up his kingdom in my heart. That he would be glorified. That others would see the love of Jesus. That they would be able to experience all over again what he did on Palm Sunday, on the cross at Calvary. I'm so thankful for this wooden cross because when I walk through the doors, it reminds me of what he did for me. He gave his best. So perhaps you're asking the question in your heart, can I have him? Can I know him? Oh, you certainly can. And it's a very simple thing to do. And even if you're here this morning and saying, you know, Pastor Ron, I've, I've let some things slip this week. I've, I've not been on the cutting edge of my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'd like to draw closer to him. There's always room at the cross.
I love the old song. I guess because of my age, feel I have a tendency to digress to the old songs. There's room at the cross for you. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Where millions have come, (laughs) there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Not just for you to come and repent to receive Christ as your personal Savior this morning. There's room at the cross to kneel and say, Father, forgive me. I didn't do it all right this week. I've made some mistakes. I said some things maybe I shouldn't have said. I reacted in a way that was not pleasing to you. There's room (laughs) at the cross for you. I feel the presence of the Lord here today. He's moving up and down the aisles of these seats. And he's knocking on your heart's door. And he's saying, will you make room for me today in your heart? I want to come in and be the Lord of your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you would like to receive Jesus this morning, I'm going to ask you to say this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we believe you just got born again. And if you prayed that prayer this morning and perhaps you'd already received Jesus Christ, that was your opportunity as well. When you said, I repent of my sins, it gave you an opportunity right there. You know what Jesus did? He says, all forgiven. He says, I not only forgive you, but I just forgot it. So when you leave here today and you want, by chance, you're Mind wants to, or the enemy wants to be able to say, yeah, but you know how you was last week. You can say, well, I don't remember, and God don't remember. So you can just get yourself right on out of my way. I like to say, I push the delete button on those thoughts. I delete you thoughts. You have no place in my heart. You have no place in my mind. I refuse to think on these things because today I've been born again and I have been forgiven what a wonderful thing Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary what a wonderful thing he did for you and I I thank you this morning for giving me a few moments of your time I hope and pray today that when you walk out these doors you won't forget what we celebrated today Because we not only celebrated Palm Sunday, but we also celebrated the new birth of Christ in your heart and your life today. I hope you'll remember that this week. For those of you that are watching on social media, keep that in your heart. For those of you that received Christ as your personal Savior or you just rededicated your heart to the Lord. We want to encourage you to contact Passion Church here in Alexander City. We have some information for you that you... 
we want to put in your hands that will help you with your walk with Jesus Christ. Again, thank you this morning for coming and being a part of our Palm Sunday here at Passion Church. Kelly and I say to you, we love you. We appreciate you. But we encourage you to don't take this Jesus and be stingy with him. Go give him away. Because you can never give him completely away. He's always going to be in your heart. But give away the testimony. Share your testimony of what Jesus has done for you today in your heart. Bring a friend next Sunday. We're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Bring a friend. Bring a coworker. Bring a family member. And let's celebrate together. Not only the death of Jesus Christ, but let's celebrate together the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he lives, I live. And because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? I just want to pray a prayer blessing over all of you today. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all throughout this week as we endeavor to live out the life that Christ has died for us to live. We'll experience in the fullness of your life, abundant life, full of glory as we share our testimonies throughout this week and as we invite others to come and be a part of us on our Resurrection Sunday. We ask this in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the congregation said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.